Welcome to the Ripple Podcast. The podcast where we tell you stories of strange and unusual things. And the ripples they create. AKA the story after the story. I'm Angela. And I'm Rosa. And, and this, this is, is the Ripple. <laughs> are we are you we staying it together? The Ripple sure. Podcast. This is the Ripple Podcast. That wasn't together. Get Ripple. The bright new drink with that ring a ding flavor ripple. <laughs> We totally should have recorded that. That, that was, was me good. doing my impression of our Ripple theme song. Oh, hey. Let's talk about our Ripple theme song. Oh. Because we've never... That we don't have any rights or ownership of. Um, trademark. That we lifted off of YouTube. That's totally not ours. It's okay. We borrowed it. Yeah. We just borrow it once a week. No big deal. Well, the company went out of business a long, long, long time ago, so... They probably won't be coming after us. And we have 27 listeners. Sometimes 28. (laughs) Sometimes 30. We had 32 at one point. Yep. We lost them. That's okay. Um, But we're in Ireland and Italy. Yeah, that's so cool. And where was it? North? North? Dakota? That's in the United States. Well, I know country-wise, but we have have lots of states. A few listeners in North Nebraska. North Nebraska. <laughs> no, I think you were uh, North Carolina. I North think is what you were thinking. Carolina, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. There's quite a few states, like a dozen or so. You know, it'd be kind of fun. This is what I think is fun these days. Is if we got a map of the U.S. and like put a little sticker on each one where we have a listener. No, because it would be really depressing when we would have to peel them off <laughs> after a week. <laughs> No, we're going to keep growing listeners. I'm excited. Yeah, we could do that, maybe. Um, so anyways, the, the Ripple theme song um, is from a wine company, a right? A malt beverage. Oh, malt It's beverage. like the original Four Locos. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. Four Locos. Yeah, and it was on uh, Sanford and Son a lot. That's what they would th- drink. That's right. That's how I heard about it originally. Yeah, Ripple. So it's just cute. It's and fun. then our it's whole an old commercial, right? And her whole idea of this podcast was to tell you a cool story, and then tell you about how it rippled throughout history and changed a lot of things. Created, yeah. And we've kind of done that, kind of, sorta. I think we. Um, God, really? I think we um, tell a ripple. Sometimes the ripple is small sometimes it's like throwing some sand into the water and other times barely see it it's like throwing a boulder sometimes yeah so yeah that's it i mean it's evolved into basically whatever we want to talk about it's our podcast damn it i'll do what i want i do what i want what have you been doing lately uh running yeah working yeah getting sunburns horrible sunburns it's been uh, hot. It has been the last couple of days. It's pretty miserable. It's been crazy hot. Yeah. And we had rain like what, a week ago? It was yeah. weird. I don't like it. Um, but yeah, thinking about your episode a lot. About Kurt? Yeah. And I know when I left, when we signed off and finished up that episode, I was all about it was suicide. Did you and change the, your mind? Kind of. A little bit. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I can't decide now. Courtney did it? Or had something to do with it. Because mm-hmm. obviously, I don't think she could have done it. She wasn't anywhere in the area, right, right? She had a pretty solid alibi. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, also, I don't know if you mentioned this, but 
when I was just like thinking about it and I, I saw some other story related to probably because my phone's listening to me all the time and it gives me news articles based on what we talk about. Mm-hmm. But the 27 Club, did you mention that? No. Do you know about the 27 Club? No. Is that where people die when they're 27 years old? Yes. Okay, I have heard about that. Yeah. Um, 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 no, not Chris Farley. There's something with Chris Farley and John Belushi. There's a lot of similarities with those oh, two. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who else was? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Phoenix, River Phoenix. Was he 27? I think so. Wait, I want to list. 27 seems so young to me. It is. Um, why is it so hard to find a list right now? I should have pulled this up before we started recording. Uh, 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 Will stars. you keep looking? Oh, oh, you found it? Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Oh. Janis Joplin. <gasps> really? I didn't know that. Jim she Morrison. seemed older. Huh. Yeah. Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Johnson. Don't American know. blues legend. Mm-hmm. He died in 1938, so that's okay. probably why you don't know. Uh, 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 Brian Jones, Rudy Lewis. These are all... Mi- um, mi- <laughs> why can't I say that word? Musicians. musicians. I want to say magicians. <laughs> They're all yeah. musicians? Yeah. Well, no. There's a basketball player, Reggie Lewis. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about sports. Here's Kurt Cobain, Richie James Edwards, who was guitarist and lyricist for Manic Street Preachers. I didn't know Amy Winehouse was only yeah. 27. I thought she too. was older, too. Huh. Um, yeah. So That's I thought interesting. that was kind of interesting. And then also, I looked up that song that you told me to listen to. Polly. Polly. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was about Polly Class. Cause, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't, probably didn't say it. I just was, yeah, blowing through up. facts. Yeah. Do you know about that case? Well, I, I talked about it a little bit. <sighs> sad, right? So sad. Yeah, she's four, fourteen. Can't remember I think now. She's younger than she's like twelve. Yeah, young, young, too young, too young to be. Well, and she was having a sleepover. And her mom was there in the house. It was like, we need to do a story on this. Yeah. But yeah, like such an invasion of privacy. Like for somebody to come into the house and abduct a child. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, there's some, there's some stuff for sure. There is some stuff. Lots of ripples, if you will. Yeah. So how was your week? Um, pretty much like the last few spent in quarantine um homeschooling doing a whole lot of nothing a lot of outside time planted a garden so that's kind of fun Mm -hmm. i'm excited about that we've got some sprouts coming up reading a book still with my friends on zoom oh yeah your book club Mm -hmm. you guys still on the happiness book we are what's it called again i know i ask you every time um (laughs) You don't remember. Something to be happy. Something. Happy. Choose to be happy. No. Have more fun. <laughs> I think I'm this, sure it's going I've, really I've, well. I've had a few drinks tonight already. Sorry. Have more fun. That's have the name of fun. the book. Yes. That's the name of the book. Is it really fun? I like it. It's good. I like it. Um, we did get a suggestion from a listener. We got a message. Um about doing a book club because remember how we had talked about that like we should do a ripple book club we did 
And um, she suggested. Do you remember the name of the book? Shoot. I looked it up. I know I, it. I have it on Audible. Something about giving a fuck. The subtle art. Yes. The subtle art of not giving a fuck. That's it. Um, And we decided that we're going to do that, right? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, we don't really know how it's going to work. Nope. Um, but we're going to. I think it should be a monthly thing. So finish the book in a month. Yes. And we can post on social media. Yeah. And talk about it if we want to. Like, oh my gosh, I read this part. It was really cool. Or, whoa, this was dumb. I didn't like this. Or should we ask questions? I don't know if anyone will read those questions. What? what ask quite. What is this like homework now? Um, I'm in school mode. No. Just write like what we like about it. Wait, we're writing things? Well, I don't know. How do you know if you're actually reading it? Do you just talk about it? Read it if you want to read it. If you don't have to read it, if you don't want to read it. You're a cool teacher. I mean, it's quarantine days. Do what you want to do. <laughs> I do what I want. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could just read it, talk about it, do weekly updates, see how it's going. Okay. Yeah. Play it by ear. Just go with it. But we'll start talking about it next, next week. week because next week will be our first episode in may yes because this comes out the last week of april okay got it got it that'll be i've actually i've read it already but I it was not. it was several years ago i really liked it but i'm i'm ready to revisit it do you remember the author's name uh, i have it right here on my phone the um, subtle art of not giving a fuck. The subtle art of not giving a fuck. Mark Manson. Okay. So if you want to join in on the book club, download it on Audible or buy a hard copy. That's how you do it. Don't go to the library. Nope. Cool. That'll Social be fun. Distancing. I'm excited. Okay. Cool. And then do we have anything else to discuss? Uh, we have a top 10 list. But we're going to share that at the end of this episode. Yeah, we decided to do that. To kind of, especially on those really downer episodes. Yeah, that'll be fun. Pick me up at the end. Cool. Okay. Well, let's let's do it. It's your story night. It's my story night, and I gave you guys a hint last week. But I am talking about the disappearance of Amelia Earhart. Yeah, I didn't figure that out. You knew. Why well, you told me? But because I, I was. <laughs> Couldn't figure by the out quote, by your I don't clues. even remember what the quotes were now. It was something about be inspirational and no, such. I was I was totally lost. Follow I was, your dreams, chase your airplanes. Um, yeah. So Amelia Earhart, let's get into it. So Amelia Mary Earhart was born July twenty fourth, eighteen ninety seven. That was a long time ago. Heck yeah, it was in Atchison, Kansas. She was named after her grandmother and mother. They were all named Amelia, which I thought's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like doing the whole. The mother side of naming. Family name. Yeah. Carry on. Okay. And she had a sister who was named Grace, but she went by Midge. Whoa. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. Work? I think it was just a little nickname. Uh, Amelia went by Mealy, which I'm not, Ooh, not a fan of. No. I would have gone with Millie, Amy. Her mom went by Amy, though. Oh, okay. So Millie and Midge were homeschooled until the age of 12 and after that her and her sister who then changed her name to her middle name Muriel Ooh, yeah she went through all the names wow I would I mean Grace is a pretty name just stick with Grace yeah they were enrolled in public school 
And at this time, Amelia was in seventh grade. Amelia was miserable in school, and she preferred to spend her time alone reading. Same. And her yearbook caption read, A.E., the girl in brown who walks alone. What? Did she choose that? No. Oh, because like sometimes like some schools do a little, not a superlative, a little like quote. Quote, yeah. Senior quote. Yeah. Yeah. No, she didn't. People were just being mean. Oh. Yeah. That is not nice. I like to think that it was inspiration. So like her 10-year reunion, she's like, guess what, bitches? I fly airplanes. And I'm wearing blue, not brown anymore. Yeah. So throughout her childhood, she kept a scrapbook of newspaper clippings about successful women in predominantly male-oriented fields, including film direction, law, advertising, management, and mechanical engineering. Cool. Super cool. So in 1917, Amelia was visiting her sister in Toronto when she saw wounded soldiers returning from World War One, which I'm sure they didn't call World War One at the time, <laughs> uh, which encouraged her to become a nurse's aide for the Red Cross. That was mm. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But then in 1918, we don't know anything about pandemics, right? No, nothing. What's the that mean? Spanish flu pandemic reached Toronto, and as a healthcare worker on the front line, Amelia herself was exposed to the virus and suffered pneumonia and uh, sinusitis, which nearly lasted a year. Imagine having freaking pneumonia for a year. How shit oh. would that be? And the sinus pain followed her for like the rest of her life. Wow. So isn't that crazy that like you would think that that would be the last job you would want? Because it's being pr- air pressure. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Maybe she just got used to it? I guess so. Ah, She just really loved that flying. Yeah. Nothing could stop her. So in 1920, she and her father visited Long Beach Airfield. She's all over the place. Yeah. Toronto to Long Beach. uh, Where World War I ace turn air race pilot gave her a ride in his plane. And she said, quote, by the time I was two or three hundred feet off the ground, I knew that I had to fly. Mm. Instant, so, yeah. Yeah. Determined to learn how to fly. She said F it to college and started working odd jobs to play to pay for flight training. And after six months in 1921, she purchased a secondhand bright yellow Kinner Airster biplane that she called the Canary. Cute. Which apparently is like 200 bucks. I mean, what six I months of working odd jobs and she buys herself an airplane. How cool would that be? What did it say? What kind of plane um, the guy took her in for her first flight? Uh, probably did, but I didn't write it down. Oh. Why? I was just curious. Like, you know, if it was like a, you know, I guess it was a race plane. Like, yeah, what but was I mean, it? You a, could make any plane a race plane if you fly fast yeah. enough, right? I just wonder what it was like, like about that feeling you know she's 200 feet off the air or off the ground and she's like oh my gosh i don't know i mean flying's pretty cool in october 1922 amelia flew her plane to an altitude of fourteen thousand feet which set the world's record for female pilots then on may 15th the following year she became the 16th woman in the u.s to be issued a pilot's license Wow. Wait, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait, shouldn't have that have gone like the other way around? Uh, you would think so. I don't know. Maybe since she was like flying by herself, she had like a student certificate or something. Wow. But yeah, you would think you would probably want to get your actual certificate before, before you, you start, start breaking records. world records. <laughs> 
But that's cool. So over the next year, Amelia joined flying clubs and became a sales rep for Kinner Aircraft and wrote for the local newspaper chapter about it. (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just listening to your story. I like it. I'm into it. We'll get to conspiracy stuff. Just wait. Tell me more about someone rad that flies airplanes. Okay. So in 1927, a man by the name of Charles Lindbergh. Huh. I've heard of him. You've heard of him? That's another great conspiracy. The Lindbergh baby. Oh, yes. It's a good one. He became the first person to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. And it was a huge hit. Everyone loved him. And he was an instant celebrity. that's took his baby. Well, yeah, that happened a little later. But, like, it's kind of crazy. Like, that that was the original influencer. And now it's just shaking your ass on TikTok videos. And doing makeup tutorials. Yeah, I guess that's helpful. That's yeah. a useful skill. Sure it is. If you can afford the 8,000 palettes that they sell. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, 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 1928, Earhart got a call from Captain Hilton H. Riley, who asked her, would you like to fly across the Atlantic? And Heck she yeah, was I like, would. flying? I love flying. Uh, and as... <laughs> what? You're really excited about that. <laughs> flying? <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, I love flying. So, okay. So she thought that was super cool. But then, like, once she gets there, they're like, yeah, we're going to have this male pilot and this male navigator fly you across the Atlantic. But, you know, you can, you can like, keep the logbooks and stuff, what? which is nice. Well, you couldn't put a woman back then on an airplane and let her pilot it. Are you insane? She'd get hysterical. She would just get a vibrator and she'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those women and their hormones. It's just... Wait. So she was just, like, going along for a ride? Yeah, she was basically, like, baggage. So wow. she, went, she went for a really long ride across the Atlantic. Oh, that sucks. So when I the, mean, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, she does something about that. Just you wait. When the recruit turned to the United States, they were greeted with some ticker tape parade. Ticker tape. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I heard it a bunch. I'm not exactly sure what it I means. I think it's like a just confetti. That would make sense. Okay. Yeah. So they were super excited. The president was like, hey, you're really great. And they became celebrities. Now, Amelia herself is an influencer. So she got to go on a lecture tour talking about how she went on a ride across the Atlantic. She got to write a book. She got her own fashion line at Macy's. Just because she went for a ride in an airplane? People have been famous recently for less. Kim Kardashian. She made a porno, Angela. No, it was a leaked sex tape. Come on. Oh, okay. All right, so regardless of her fame, Amelia couldn't shake the need to complete her own record-breaking cross-country flight. I guess it wasn't cross-country. It was cross-Atlantic. You know what I mean. Sure. So in 1928, she accomplished this by being the first woman to fly. Oh, wait, no. This is cross-country. Sorry. Um, She took fly across the country. And in 1932, 34-year-old Earhart set off to complete her own solo transatlantic flight. So she did both of those things. By she was herself. like, by herself, not only am I going to fly across the Atlantic, I'm also going to fly across the country and be the first woman to do so. Okay, so I take your Super. Atlantic flight and I up you. Yeah, okay. she she wanted to prove that she could do it herself. Super freaking cool. So after freaking 14 hours and 56 minutes. Oh my God. An engine fire. A cracked manifold. Icing on the wings. 
which you would think like an engine fire might melt the ice off the wings. Well, the engine is in the middle and the wings are on the out. So fire and ice at the same time. Yeah. You, but the fire would have to get to the wings. It would have to burn you up before it got there. Is that how science works? Totally. Well, that happened. Um, she ended up having to put the airplane down in a pasture in Northern Ireland, even though her final destination was supposed to be in France. Hey, I think we have listeners in Ireland. We do have listeners in <laughs> Ireland. Hey, Ireland. Um, but that, it was still transatlantic. And then even though she didn't make it to her destination... Yeah, she she did it. So it was super cool. And I apparently like some farmer came running up to her because obviously they see this plane crash in the field. In their field. And they're like, oh, where'd you come from? And she's like, America. Oh. And he's like, shit. <laughs> That's far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she also flew to Honolulu, Whoa. L.A. I know, right? Like I can't, I've, I haven't been to Honolulu, but I've been on some long flights and I can't imagine being in a little tiny airplane and just seeing water with no in-flight movie, no sugar GPS. cookies and ginger ale, no naps. Well, I'm sure they had maps. No nap. Like, <gasps> like I'm asleep. Nap. I thought she said no maps. No, she's just guessing which way to go. No, the 30s before maps were invented. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. So wow. she did a lot of cool things. That... Um, that is impressive. That right there. Yeah. But you know what? Millie, she wanted more. So this is when she set out to plan her around-the-world flight to not not just any around-the-world flight. It was going to be the longest one ever. It's like, we're going to fly around the world, but we're going to make it like the, the fattest part of it, you know? Oh, like at the equator. Kind of. I guess. I don't know. The widest... Yeah, when you're taking your measurements. The two, uh, wait, where is it? Oh, 29,000 mile version. It's a lot of miles. The long route. It's a lot of miles. So she would be flying a twin engine Lockheed Electra 10E with navigator Fred Noonan and radio operator Harry Manning. Wait, so she had a co-pilot? No, she had a navigator and a radio person. Not in the plane with her. No, in the plane with her. That airplane can have three people in it? Yeah, it's a big one. Oh, it's a twin engine, you said? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So on March 17th, 1937, the crew completed the first leg of... Really? I had my phone. I turned it off. I, I need to come up with like a system. <laughs> like I'm going to make you do a shot every time your alarm goes off. What are you doing? I was turning my alarm off. Okay. Well, you're, I have a really important story to tell I'm you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was holding my phone specifically to turn the alarm off at By 820. By the way, we didn't talk about our drinks tonight. Oh, tell me about it. Wait, no, I want to hear your story. Okay. Well, in case you haven't figured out, we've had drinks tonight. <laughs> well, let me tell you about this really, really long airplane ride. 29,000 miles. See? Good job. I know. You I remembered a number. That was really good. Um. <laughs> So the crew completed the first leg of the flight from Oakland, California to Honolulu. Really freaking long. I'd be done after that. I'm like, okay, we need to take a break. Heck yeah, we're in Hawaii. We're, yes, we're hanging out seriously. for a while. So there, the Electra received its servicing and was set to complete the second leg, which would put them at Howland Island. Remember that. Howland? Howland Island. Okay. To get there, 
Manning would use radio direction to hone in onto the Pacific Island. However, the group never left the ground. They're still in Hon. I mean, not still, but you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, they were still in Honolulu? At the time, yeah. So during the takeoff run, the forward landing gear collapsed, resulting in a ground loop, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds really bad. Like a somersault's what I imagine. Yeah, probably. Skidding the plane. Oh, no. Skidding the plane on its belly. A ground loop. All right. Whatever. It sounds bad. Sure. So obviously the plane was severely damaged and the mission was put off. At this point, Manning was like, screw this, I'm out. He doesn't want to fly with her anymore. No, she, he's he's over totally going to stay in Honolulu. He's going to stay in Honolulu. He doesn't want anything to do with this crazy mission anymore. He's like, this chick's crazy. Um, the electric was being repaired. And that set the trip back to June. However, the weather and patterns forced Amelia to fly west instead of east. So she's going to fly back to California and then go that way. Because there's these like monsoon storms coming along. And you don't want to fly in those. No, it's probably a bad thing. But this time, they're going without Manning. And he was the navigator? He was the radio guy. Radio guy. Radio navigator. Well, I guess he used radio navigation, but also the radio person. Communicated with Communi- the Communicator. Other- mm-hmm. And then uh, Noonan is the navigator okay. guy. Okay. So here they go. They're off to California. They fly across the United States. And then they continue to Puerto Rico and a bunch of other places that I don't know how geography works. So, from May to the end of June, they're doing okay. They travel through South America, Africa, West Asia, and then they arrive in Lai, New Guinea. I don't know if I'm saying that right. L-A-E. How do you say that? Lai. Lai, New Guinea. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. On June 29th, 1937. Okay. At this point, they've traveled 22,000 miles. Wow. That's a lot. That's like almost all of it. Uh Uh-huh. So, how many do they have left? Two, Math. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seven thousand more. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. I use you my get fingers. an A plus. That's okay. You're allowed. <laughs> um, on June, July second at midnight, Amelia and Fred Manning take off from the Lay Airfield for Howland Island. And that's their destination. Yes. No. Yes. Well, that's the the. Not the final destination. Not the final. Well, it is the final destination. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if okay. we're being honest. <laughs> but it was the like where sec- they were supposed. They to be were supposed going, to go, but not the twenty nine thousand part. What? Okay. Where twenty nine thousand come from? Twenty nine thousand. Like that's how many miles they're supposed Leaks to go. Leaks under the sea. No, that's twenty one. Um, thirty one. Twenty one. I don't know. Um. No, it was it was the end of their next leg. Okay, got it. And then from there, they only had like two more before they were done. Done. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Howland Island. It's this tiny little flat sliver of an island that's uh, sixty five hundred feet long and sixteen hundred feet wide, and two thousand five hundred and fifty six miles away, like surrounded by what? <laughs> but it's it's that far away. Uh, once Amelia and How uh, neared Howland Island, the plan was for the U.S. Coast Guard ship, the Atasca, to communicate with them and then, like, guide them in. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. So the Atasca's out there, like, 
kind of like hey we're yeah. here and they have like radio navigation let them know how ver- everything's going on the and then like if there's any problems whatever they're mm-hmm. they're out there to guide them got okay? it mm-hmm. and because like it's a whole celebrity thing so they're like monitoring this whole oh, trip right okay they're gonna f- there's like a floating control tower so it sounds like a great idea but instead it was just like a cluster so at the beginning Amelia was communicating her speed and altitude, but as they got closer, they couldn't hear any responses from the Itasca. Okay. Okay. So it is unclear exactly why they couldn't establish two-way radio communication, but maybe if they still had the radio expert, oh, Manning, they could have figured it out. He feels guilty. Well, maybe. Or he's like, I'm glad I wasn't on that ride. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, he commit. He quit that same leg, but the opposite direction. Okay. The other problem was they were using the, they were like locating each other through this RDF, which is a radio directional finder, which for some reason, like they couldn't like connect. And this could be result, the result of an antenna that looks like possibly could have broken off during takeoff. That's like one of the kind of theories of how they couldn't connect. Okay. Because they're broadcasting out. They're saying like, okay, wind, speed, direction, whatever sort of things they need to say. But she's not responding as if she heard them. So they can hear her. But her responses aren't matching up with Yes. Exactly. What they're saying. Okay. Yeah. And so she she's later still on communicating with them. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's later on. She here. I'll read you the communications. Let's just do that. So the Itasca radio log. Um. This is at seven thirty. States. Earhart on the northwest, running out of gas. Half hour left. Can't hear us at all. We hear her and are sending, on the three one zero five east something 500 same time consistently okay okay so that's just like they're taking notes and then the itasca radio log position two at 742 states um itasca and this is like recording what she said to them Mm -hmm. like in their radio log got it itasca we must be on you but we cannot see you gas is running low but unable to reach you by radio and are flying at 1,000 feet. Then at 7.58, the transmission said she couldn't hear their Itasca again and asked them to send voice signals so that they could try to pick up a radio bearing. The transmission was recorded by the Itasca at the loudest possible signal, indicating that Earhart and Noonan were in the immediate area. They couldn't send voice at the frequency she asked for, so Morse code signals were sent instead. Hmm. Earhart acknowledged receiving those, but said she was unable to determine their direction. So that either might be like the little directional antenna issue or just the fact that they weren't radio experts Mm -hmm. or something else. Okay. Okay. Her last known transmission, 843 Earhart Brass Broadcast is the word I was trying to say. (laughs) We are on the line 157337. We will repeat message. We will repeat six two one zero kilocycles wait however a few moments later she was back on the same frequency with the transmission that was logged as questionable so like they think they know what she said and Uh they think that that was or something running we are running on line north and south 
Like that's their direction. We're okay. right on North and South Line. Uh-huh. And the radio like recorder said that she sounded frantic mm. at this point. But at the same time, they thought that she was so close that they actually went outside of like the little radio cabin area to look for her because that's how close she was uh-huh. when she disappeared. Okay. What? No, keep going. I want to know. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, the official report states that beginning one after af- one hour after her last call, the Itasca began to search for Amelia. Um, being unsuccessful, they called in the U.S. Navy, which searched the 157337 you know what that means i have no idea line later searched where the phoenix islands which were south of highland howland island mm-hmm. a week after the disappearance the colorado which is a navy aircraft flew like did an overhead search um searching several islands including gardner island which had been uninhabited for over 40 years and that island, he the pilot said he saw signs of recent habitation, which are clearly visible. But um, he kept like repeating a circling around the mm-hmm, island, mm-hmm. and um, he failed to elicit any sort of answering or waving from possible inhabitants. Okay. Okay. But being that there are no signs of any aircraft wreckage, he figured that it was just like maybe somebody stopped there well from their boat or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And they continued to search for uh, aircraft emergency rafts out in the water. Okay. All right. The search continued until July 19th and costs over $4 million. Wow. Yeah. And even after that, Amelia's husband continued to search with two small charter boats for, like, all of the surrounding islands, just checking everywhere he possibly could. Courtney loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um... Seven years later, Amelia was declared dead in absence. Seven years? Well, they were looking for her. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So seven years, they were looking. Okay. To the conspiracy theories. Do it. Theory number one, known as the crash and sink theory. Uh Uh-huh. That's where my head went. (laughs) I kind of what I think, too. But so this is like kind of what they think. Um, she had to climb at one point to avoid a cloud cover, mm-hmm. which burned up some extra fuel. Okay. And then there was also a stronger headwind than they had initially predicted. Which is so, burning more fuel as which well. Which is burning more fuel. And then, of course, her last radio t- transmission saying, we're running out of fuel. Mm-hmm. But the there problem with this theory is that they were so close, uh, they should have seen something. Because they literally had a ship in the water surrounding the area where she should have been. So why didn't they see anything? It was cloudy. There was a cloud cover. Well, no, because she was at 1,000 feet at that point. So she went, she had climbed up above, and then she descended back because she was looking for the island. She was that close. You know? All right. Keep going. I'm really trying to make that one, like, questionable. Okay. Okay. So conspiracy theory number two, the Gardner Island theory. This is the one that was mentioned because, okay, the Colorado who was flying around, right? And this, is this the island that was uninhabited for It was 40 uninhabited years? for 40 years, yeah, but then okay. there was like signs of life. life habitation by that airplane. But like you would think, okay, if there, you see any sort of habitation, wouldn't you go and immediately check for it? Well, yeah. 
Like the guy that circled around trying to get someone's attention, he should have like said, hey, how about you guys hop in a boat and go search it out? Nope. No airplane. Why bother? So this is the theory that she became a castaway on the island. Her and, and Tom Noonan. Hanks. Oh. So <laughs> Wilson. Um, okay. The island was on the top of a coral mountain, meaning that the electric could have sunk in the water, like just off. So imagine like a, a mountain that's underwater and just the top is showing. Okay. So if the electrica, the electrica, the electra, the airplane. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Like sunk just directly off the shore because it's an immediate like drop down instead of a beach that you can walk out onto. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes. I got okay. it. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the theory. And other evidence was in 1940 skeletal remains were found along with a navigational tool why didn't anyone look at this island a shoe no that matched the type that amelia wore are you freaking kidding me like for real (laughs) yeah no one looked at this damn island i guess not i mean maybe her husband i would think i don't know what okay that's frustrating. Well, the me- they took the skeletal remains. A medical examiner determined that the bones belonged to a five foot eight male, which ma- matched neither Amelia or Newton. Oh, Fred. Yeah. All right, but still. And then, uh, what was the navigational tool then? It was like one of those looking for stars tools, which apparently wasn't the same kind that Fred Newton. <laughs> Oh, And then the shoe, it was the wrong size. Oh, all right. Well, I bought into that for a second. I was really worked up about that. No, I mean, the thing is, later on, other medical examiners wanted to test the bones, but that first medical examiner was like, nope, not them, and tossed them. Oh. It's like these bones. (laughs) It's just some random bones. That's not Amelia. Doesn't matter. Not important. Goodbye. Wow. I mean, they belong to somebody. Okay. And who knows, like, maybe the, the shoes got soggy, stretched out a bit. But here's the thing. On that island, there are habitants, not humans. But these guys, I'm handing Rosa a picture. Is, is that a, a crab? It's a giant-ass crab. Like the size of a trash can. It's a coconut crab. That is giant it's a huge it's freaking scary did it eat her that's the theory okay so in 1988 the year i was born the international group of hysterical (laughs) historical aircraft recovery began an investigation after seeing a photo taken on the island in october of 1937 which according to analysis who viewed it they indicated that there was a blurry object in the corner that could have been a landing gear sticking out of the water. Huh. So that's the theory he's going on. So he's saying that maybe Amelia was there, even if those bones weren't hers, which can't be verified anymore because metal ex- medical examiner tossed them. So to me, and I didn't even print out that photo because it didn't even seem worth printing out. It's like there's this there's picture and in the corner. Have you ever seen a picture that somebody took and it's like, oh, it's Loch Ness Monster. Uh-huh. And it's, it's like, like a blur. Blurry little blob sticking out. Uh-huh. Some duck so that was flying So they're by. thinking that that was a landing gear for Amelia's plane. Okay. It's a stretch. But at the same time, like, okay, obviously there's people there and they're taking a picture. Wouldn't they have noticed that? 
how about you guys go look at the island? He, wait, they did. Okay. <laughs> they did. So artifacts discovered by that organization, which is Tiger, if you put all of those words together, oh. letters and mm-hmm. words and stuff. Um, and they have found an aluminum panel, possibly from the Electra. Possibly. Possibly. Maybe. It's a piece of metal. They found it on the island. It couldn't have been from a boat. I don't, I mean, you don't need to ask so many questions. <laughs> um, it was made in the 1930s and the manufacturing specifications. And they also found an oddly cut piece of clear plexiglass, the same thickness and curvature of the electric, the Electra's window. Okay, well, that makes a little sense. Yeah. So maybe... Oh, and they also found a shoe that kind of looks like hers, maybe. Oh, and a tin of freckle cream, alleged to be hers. What the hell is freckle cream? Well, freckles, I guess, weren't cute back then. And she was freckly, and she was known to have this cream. That covered up her freckles? No, it, like, bleached them away or something. Oh. I'm sure it's not great for you. Wait. Yeah. And they found all of that, of Uh course? Well, they don't... Somebody's. Somebody's. Maybe. Uh. Okay. So that's theory two, that she was eaten by crops. Okay. Theory three, the Japanese theory. Okay. So in 1966, CBS correspondent Fred Groner published a book claiming that Earhart and Noonan were captured and executed by the Japanese. Hmm. You don't seem excited about any of this. I, I just, I need to know more. Okay. So this theory states that they landed on the Japanese-controlled Marshall Islands located 800 miles away. So maybe they were just a tad off course there. Yeah, that's kind of far. Uh Uh-huh. So in 1990, NBC TV series Unsolved Mysteries Mm -hmm. broadcast an interview with a woman who is native to the island who claimed to have witnessed Earhart and Noonan's execution by Japanese soldiers. Whoa. Yep. Which, I mean, this was like right before World War II broke out. And there's like also these other theories that maybe this whole trip was planned so that the U.S. could kind of surveil that area. And it may have been hostile territory and they may have been. So they like they would enter into that area, quote, looking for Amelia, mm-hmm. but not really. Right. Hmm. So there's that theory. Okay. And then there's a slightly different version where, of the Japanese capture hypothesis where the Japanese actually shot down her plane. But I feel like that would have been pretty obvious, you know? They already had, like, a floating control tower in the area. Uh, former Pan Am pilot uh, supports this view in a 1993 book called hmm. Age of Heroes, The Incredible Adventure of Pan Am Pilot and His Greatest Tramp, Unraveling the Mystery of Amelia Earhart. That's not arrogant at all, is it? Wow. A recent proponent of this theory is Mike Campbell, who published a book in 2012 called The Truth at Last. And Campbell cites claims from Marshall Islanders who witnessed the crash, as well as U.S. Army sergeant who found it suspic- a suspicious gravesite near a former Japanese prison. Well, how... Uh- I mean, how would he know what was in that grave? It was suspicious. Well, it could have been anyone. It was very suspicious. (sighs) Okay. All right. 
So a number of Earhart's relatives also support this view, and they are convinced. Really? Yeah, they're convinced that the Japanese were somehow involved in Amelia's disappearance, citing unnamed witnesses, including Japanese troops in Saipan, natives. According to one cousin, the Japanese cut the electric into scrap and threw it into the ocean ex- uh, to explain why the aircraft was not flo- uh-huh. found at the Marshall Islands. Uh-huh. I was wondering that. And maybe it just floated 800 miles away over to the other island where the crabs munched on it for a bit. I don't know. So in 2017, the History Channel did a documentary called Amelia Earhart, The Lost Evidence, and proposed that a photograph exhibit exhibit wait have it b a photograph at the bottom that one what do you see in that photograph i see a couple boats and like a dock Uh huh uh uh-huh and some people that's clearly amelia Earhart. no it's not Which, That's her. Which one is it supposed to be? Which one do you think it is? If I were to, like, if you were to, just if guess. you were to say this is a picture of Amelia Earhart, which one is she? I, the one with the big hat. No. Oh, shut up. Which one? The little <laughs> short one. The one that's the one that's sitting down with her legs hanging off the dock that you can't even see. So you only see like her butt up, facing away from the camera. That but, I thought that was. That was like a man sitting there. It's you clearly, can't see anything. It's Amelia Earhart, Reza. No, it's not. It's Amelia Earhart, and the guy with the receding hairline is clearly Fred Noonan. There, I don't even see a hairline on any of these people. <laughs> That's who it is, okay? All uh, right. It um, looks like the cast from um, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Okay, they're hopping so on let their seven-hour cruise or whatever. To tell her. you what's going on. The picture showed a Caucasian male on a dock who appeared to look like Noonan and a woman sitting on the dock facing away from the camera, but judging by the physique and the haircut, what? it's clearly Amelia Earhart. It's like a hat. The documentary theorizes that the photo was taken after Earhart and, and Noonan crashed. A common criticism of all the versions of the Japanese capture hypothesis is that the Japanese-controlled Marshall Islands were a considerable distance. Yeah, it was freaking 800 miles away from where she was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And to reach there and to have land on low fuel, uh, they would have had to change their course to the northeast and fly several hundreds of mile- miles off. Yeah, with 800, no fuel. several, several. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so judging by basic geography and navigation, it didn't work. Yeah. But, you know, it was enough for people to, like, freaking write books and stuff about it. Well, and her family's, so, like, on board about well, that. Well, some of them, but and they could have been like, hey, yeah, I'm Amelia's third cousin twice removed. So I'll do an interview with you. My 23 and me gives me 6%. I don't know. Okay. And this leads to my favorite theory. Okay, can't wait. And this is theory, I'm calling it 3B, because it still kind of has to do with the Japanese. Okay. Okay. So what if Mm -hmm. Amelia Earhart and Noonan had a secret love affair? Oh, that's another one. Oh, I was making that up. No, but there was a movie about that. Okay. But it was fictional. Oh. And they were like running away together. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I kind of want to watch, but you know, it was back in like the 40s, so I don't, I I mean, it could be good. There's, There's old movies that are 
still good like that? Sure. Classic. Um, this is the theory that Amelia Earhart was a spy for the government. Oh, cool. Okay. And the whole idea of her going missing near these Japanese-controlled islands mm-hmm. was essentially a surveillance operation where she would get lost, but really she was landing in Japanese territory to be a spy. Okay. I like okay. that theory. That's exciting. Okay. So in November 2006, the National Geographic Channel aired two episodes of Undiscovered History series claiming that Earhart survived the flight. After she completed her mission of being a spy, she was transferred back to the United States and she moved to New Jersey, changed her name, remarried, and became Irene Craigmill Bullum. No, okay. I, don't, I don't believe this theory. I, you lost me. Look at the pictures. Okay. Look at the pictures. The side by side? The side by side. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's Amelia Earhart. Both of them are supposed to be her? Yes. Aren't they clearly both the same person? No. <laughs> it's a great theory. The lady on the right, the old lady, looks like Irene, a.k.a. Amelia Earhart. Any little old lady in a rest home. No. No, the eyes are totally different. Okay. Nope, I'm looking this closer. This had originally been raised uh, in the book Amelia Earhart Lives, which was published in 1970 mm-hmm. by author Joe Class, based on the research of Major Joseph Grievous. Okay. No. It's well, not her. Irene also didn't care for this theory. Oh, no. <laughs> She wasn't claiming to be Amelia Earhart. She was like, I'm Irene. She was it. like doing bingo, playing bingo somewhere, and somebody's like, Amelia! It's I don't you. even like airplanes. <laughs> um, yeah, and she severely denied it, much like Amelia Earhart would. Yeah. That looks like just some little old lady. Yeah, she filed a lawsuit requesting <gasps> $1.5 million in damages and submitted a lengthy affidavit in which she uh, rebuted these claims. The book's publisher, McGraw-Hill, withdrew the book from the market shortly after the release. Ooh, and McGraw-Hill's a big, fancy publishing company. Yeah, it is. I didn't even think about that. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, isn't that exactly what Amelia Earhart would do? Change her name? No, Sue. Oh. Well, change her name and then Sue when they tried to out her secret. So it's just confirming that it just was her. Just confirming that it is, in fact, Amelia Earhart. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so Bullum's personal life history was thoroughly documented by researchers and eliminating any possibility that she was, in fact, Amelia Earhart. Uh, but, you know, those can be falsified. <laughs> um also, Kevin Richland, a professional criminal, criminal forensic expert hired by National Geographic, studied photographs of both women and cited many measurable facial differences. Yeah. Yeah, which is really sad. I really wanted her to be Amelia Earhart. I thought that was a great theory. Could you imagine? Um, so, yeah, those are the theories. They all have very uh, compelling evidence. Uh-huh. Especially that crash and sink one. Well, and the... Um I'm going with the picture, the the one with the person sitting on the dock with their back. That's like the size of a pinhead. You can't tell anything about them. It's Amelia Earhart, Rosa. So not. I can't. You recognize her? I'm going with um, the crab theory. 
the she got eaten by crabs. Mm-hmm. I think that is a pretty good one. Like, and I, I understand when these people are going out to look for evidence, any tiny little thing. It's like the whole idea of like, the, what's the thing about if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail or whatever. <laughs> I've never you've heard never that, heard but I kind of like it. Yeah. Like when you're really, really looking for something like that. You, you want to find like, it. Yeah. Oh, of course, this piece of sea trash is her plain Propeller. scrap mm-hmm. metal. Uh, but I, I would like to believe that. That would be kind of cool. Well, not that she got eaten by crabs. <laughs> I was going to say. Wait, not what? at all. But the fact that they like found pieces. Oh, and sure. then you have some sort of answer. Some closure. But I, I honestly don't believe that one either. Because uh, there's everything that they mentioned. Like, okay, the um, the bones, they didn't match. Mm-hmm. The navigational tool wasn't, wasn't the right the kind. Same kind. The shoe wasn't her size. It was right. like, I don't know. She just crashed in the water. I think so, unfortunately. It is interesting, though. I mean, because you would think, like, I mean, I guess there wasn't a whole lot of fuel, but there'd still be oil and stuff from the engine that would, like, come up to the surface. You know, you would see a a oily, like, layer on the top of the water. I don't know. Maybe. If they were looking... Well, they were looking. Well, they were looking shoot. for a long time. They were totally four million dollars worth of looking. That's a lot of money back then. I mean, it's a lot of money now. Yeah, but I mean, she was yeah. like, like you said, though, she was like a celebrity. Right. Absolutely. She was an influencer. She was a huge celebrity, and uh, the depth of the majority of that area, you know, of course, if she landed close enough to an island where maybe the plane was like just offshore, but the majority, I guess, that they suspect would be 18,000 feet deep which is like three miles I think maybe more than three have they three miles deep have they oh I guess it would have moved quite a bit or just you know rusted away but you know they find like random like shipwrecks yeah and stuff I wonder the Titanic people went out and looked for her too oh but I oh sorry I think even the depth was too deep for them Mm -hmm. to find anything yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's a mystery. And so uh, my ripple, my this is a stretch of a ripple, but Amelia Earhart, um, shortly after completing the woman's air, wait, let me look up the date because I don't think I wrote that down. The women's air derby back in her heyday of, of aviating, mm-hmm. um, she invited all of the female pilots, registered, licensed female pilots in the United States to have a meeting and of those I think it was 117 female pilots 99 of them were able to attend this meeting (gasps) I know where you're going with us that she hosted and that org that group ended up becoming an organization called the 99s yep which is still a very well-known popular organization of female pilots today i know quite a few and they host all kinds of events to encourage women uh, to either become professionals or even just hobbyists in aviation and that includes not just flying but becoming a mechanic or a Air traffic controller controller or anything in the realm of aviation. Mm -hmm. And it's alive and well today. So cool. Well, well after her legacy. I I know someone that just received one of their scholarships to continue their flight training. 
they do scholarships all the time. It's a super cool organization. They're super big advocates of yeah. women in aviation. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. And one thing that I really loved about like researching her is that um, she was a feminist in the way that she believed that everybody should pursue whatever type of career that they wanted to regardless of their gender. And although she supported so many women into non-traditional traditional occupations, she also supported men to do what they wanted to do, even if it was a traditionally woman's job. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to be a fashion designer or Nurse. be a stay-at-home dad, dad she also supported that and Good. yeah so i thought that was really interesting and progressive for her time it's progressive for now too even unfortunately like there's so many stereotypes still today yeah absolutely so yeah that's cool my that story was super interesting about amelia Earhart. i thought i knew it i thought she just flew into the bermuda triangle well <laughs> oh those are other theories too um another one is that she flew into an alien wormhole Oh, and yeah. got blasted into space. Sucked up. Uh, another theory is that when she crashed, the mole people from down oh under, God. <laughs> they came out and rescued her from her sinking airplane. And, and she now lives down at the mole people. As their leader. Maybe. It's that's a possibility. A, that's a fun theory. It's a possibility. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Okay, so what are we doing next week? Oh, we've got to shake it up. Shake it up. Do you is it your turn or my turn to pick? You can pick. Okay. Can't reach. Pick a good one. Medical oddities and discoveries. Wait, we did that, didn't we? Did we? Oh, was that the vibrator one? That's vibrator and Annie. Oh, okay. Pick a different one. I totally one. forgot. Hey, eventually we're going to have to recycle these. Yeah. We should have like a done, a done pile. We should. Okay, it is. Pick one, just one. <laughs> you can't pick fourteen. Okay, honestly, I've picked like five that we've already done already. We need to like separate these. Special events gone wrong. <gasps> that sounds fun. Okay, I'm excited about that. That's our next topic that can be taken a many different ways. Special events gone wrong. Okay, cool. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about our book. We're going to be talking about our book and we're going to start doing our top 10 list. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Let me pull mine up. I hope. So. Oh, sorry. Um, our theme this time was unpopular opinions. Yeah. So uh, we're just. We decided to do a top 10 list basically because our podcast is constantly involving death, sadness, and sadness, and it's like, let's have a little lightheartedness. So um, when you get sad about Amelia possibly being eaten by giant crabs, crabs uh, you can, you laugh, can at our... laugh at these things maybe, or and just like ponder them. They're <laughs> not really that funny. They're just kind of like, are they crazy? So... We did. We each did ten this time. Yes, and we were talking later. We'll each do only five next time to I make think it so. ten. Yeah, but um, you want to do one one? Yeah. Okay. So this one was popular opinions. Unpopular. That we, oh, sorry. Unpopular opinions that we each have, and this was something uh, that a friend of mine, a friend of ours, Daryl, posted on Facebook. So Hi, Daryl. Like, we're gonna steal that idea. We like it. Okay, my number one. 
is mayonnaise is gross. I agree. Okay. I totally support that opinion. I don't think it's an unpopular one. It's I think disgusting. It's, it's the worst condiment it's ever. Not, it's just slimy. Oh, okay. Mine is Parks and Rec is better than The Office. I, I totally disagree. I know. A lot of people are going to hate me for that. I love The Office, and I am trying, still trying, to get into Parks and Rec. I think we've already talked about how, like, I've really tried The Office, and I just can't get into it. Try it again. Okay, you try The Office again, I will try Parks and Rec. But it gives me secondhand embarrassment. (laughs) It's so fun. It's hard. Um, You want to read your number two? Oh, okay. So my number two is also... That mayonnaise is a disgusting excuse for a condiment. Oh, that's... Wait, I'm sorry. Did you not read your number one? I did. Oh, yeah. Parks and Rec. Okay, right. And you put mayonnaise as yeah. number two? Oh, uh-huh. that's funny. Okay. Yeah, we had the same thought on that one. Yeah, because it's disgusting. Um, I put for my number two, pickle juice is delicious. I also agree with that. I love And I don't juice. even like pickles. Mm, I love them. They're delicious. Okay. All of them. My number three is the Beatles are overrated. Okay, my my next one had to do with music as well. Um, and I like the Beatles. I like the Beatles a lot. But I don't like you two. Oh, no, I don't like them either. Mm-mm. I'm very picky. Am I next? Sure. Okay. Fanny packs are underappreciated. <laughs> I wore a fanny pack today. Did you really? I totally did. Yeah, I went on a run this morning and I fanny packed it like eight and a half miles. Okay, so that's funny because I was totally thinking like, when is the last time I've ever even seen a fanny pack? But I have three. Anyone like on a run, like that's all a runner belt is. That's all. It's a fanny pack. You, it's for a spot for your fuel and your water and your phone. Totally. Yeah. You're not fancy calling it a running belt. It's no. a freaking fanny pack. <laughs> Don't try to be fancy. All right, my next one is I've never watched an entire Star Wars or Harry Potter movie, and I don't care to. Yeah. I'm going to get some some slack on that uh, one. And honestly, I'm, I, I, I could take it or leave it. I've watched, I've watched all of the Star Wars and a couple. Have you really? Yeah. I've, I've seen bits and pieces of all of them. I've I, never sat through an entire one. Honestly, I could not tell you what happens in any of them. Like, I just, it, it didn't stick with me. Mm-mm. Sorry. My number five is pizza should have pineapple on it. 100%. Love it. Mm-hmm. Give me some sweet and salty. Yeah, totally. Um, my next one is accents can make a person super sexy. Or super unattractive. Agreed. Like House is a good example. Or David Beckham. House, yeah. Hugh Laurie Uh as House. Totally sexy. As his regular talking voice. I don't want to Uh -uh. look at him at all. Not a fan. Mm -hmm. Not a fan. Uh, My number six is Step Brothers was an awful movie. Um, Did you ever watch it? I I think I did. It's dumb. I sorry. Yeah, I don't it didn't if I if I watched it, I wasn't impressed by it. Yeah. Um my next is making your bed in the morning is the worst household chore. I totally disagree with this. This is like my first like adamantly disagree. <laughs> Absolutely. You make I, your bed every morning? 
If I don't, I feel like a slob. Really? I hate it. I feel like I a total slob. I hate making my bed. I hate it. I hate the. I hate walking past my bedroom and seeing my bed not made. Oh, I can't stand watching. It's like or your first accomplishment of the day. No. Mm-mm. It sets you off in the right foot. I've heard that. Maybe I should try it, but you I should. can't stand it. I hate making my bed. It's not. I mean, it's like the easiest damn thing to do, too. <laughs> no. It's not that it. hard. Mm-mm. Hate it. Okay. Am I up? I think so. Palm trees are the worst. I agree. I hate palm trees. They're I hate stupid. them. They're um, what is, what are the uh, matchsticks? Oh yeah, they. Uh, if it's stupid because California is known to spontaneously combust, but everybody in California is like, oh my god, I need to have a palm tree. It's so California. Well, get ready for it to burn on fire. Yeah, they're they don't even like make any shade. No, they, they're stupid looking. They have a bunch of rats living in them. They don't do anything. They're just giant grass. No, I don't They're like dumb. them. They're mm-hmm. Maybe if you were like a T-Rex or something, then they'd be cool. If they were, what? What the hell are you talking about? Like dinosaurs. I think dinosaurs would like palm trees. Are you high? <laughs> <laughs> don't you think a dinosaur would like a palm tree? Why? What would they do with it? They'd eat them. Or maybe, okay, maybe not a t- T-Rex, but like a brontosaurus. No. Why not? They're nice and tall. Okay, let's on. move on. <laughs> uh, I think it's your turn. Go. Uh, no, I just did palm trees. Oh, okay. Um, I put pie is better than cake. Disagree. Mm, really? Disagree. Some flourless chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. No, some Dutch apple pie. Mm. Yummy. Dutch ovens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, number eight, candy corn is the best Halloween candy. Totally agree. I love candy corn. Love it. Love it. So good. My next one had um to do with a holiday as well, but it was Christmas, and Christmas lights should be lit all year long. I love Christmas lights. Like even the twinkly lights well i love twinkle lights like white lights though mm-hmm. well i like if you're having like green and red and rainbow oh, rainbow's okay don't but you, i mean like just driving like you're driving home in december or where you know and you see like christmas lights it makes me so happy someone's but i think it, the specialness would wear off i love it go oh, ahead yeah. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent about that one okay my number nine is McDonald's black coffee is better than Starbucks black coffee. Um, I, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think Starbucks black coffee is disgusting. I don't think it's good. It's gross. It's burned. Yeah. It to- on it's purpose. It's like over roasted. It's yuck. It's not good. Mm-mm. No, I agree with you. Sorry. And it's expensive. Um, my next one is, <laughs> I know you're going to disagree with me on this. Oreos are the worst cookie. Mm, I love Oreos. Ew. Oreos are delicious. Yuck. And I, I can't buy them because I'll like eat the entire package. Ew. I love them so much. That's one cookie I will buy because I won't eat them. <sighs> they can sit in my cabinet for a month. I love Oreos. The mint. Oh, mint Oreos are the best. Gross. Okay. Is this my last one? It is. Number 10. Jumping spiders are the cutest. Okay. You showed me a jumping spider. I did. I, sh- I sent you a picture of a jumping spider. And Don't you think it's adorable? Pretty damn cute. They're really cute. I see them at work all the time and it's like, oh, hi, friends. I'm, I mean, 
I'm a fan of spiders anyways. I'm not like an arachnophobe or whatever. Um, but yeah, those ones are really cute. They're really cute. Okay, my last one. Um, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Dooney and Burke is super ugly and just proving how entitled people are. And it's not necessarily like because it's Dooney and Burke, it's ugly. It's just like the letters, the DB or the green and red Gucci lines or the LV, LV, you know, which is yeah. like, it's just ugly. It's ugly. And I'm not going to pay $400 for it. Yeah. Some people are super into it. I know. It's very popular, especially on the gram. Yeah. People nope. love that shit. Um, I mean, it's not for me. No. But, but I don't know. If uh, you want to spend your own money on it, yeah, do what you want. Do what you want. That's cool. Uh, yeah, just just not my thing either. I can agree with that. Cool. Okay. Um, so we'll have to come up with a theme now that everybody hates us for all, <laughs> all our stupid all opinions. The, all the Dooney and Gucci wearers, and you know what? If you disagree, that's okay. I still like you. We can agree to disagree. Yeah, that's fine. I understand their unpopular opinions. Mayonnaise is disgusting. It's really gross. All right. So until next week, don't forget to. Be a fountain. And not a drain. Bye.